Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You are listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Hello there. My name is Chris Heggert. I'm with 5 Eyewitness News. I'm in for Chad today. Keeping the seat warm for a little while, we thought we'd talk a little New Hampshire primary. And my guy, our chief political reporter, Tom Hauser, happens to be in New Hampshire right now. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. And how are you? How are things at the WCCO mothership? Uh, they have not uh, booted me out of here yet, but I, I, <laughs> that could happen. Hopefully, or not hopefully, hopefully it won't happen between 12 and 3. <laughs> well, yeah, and be careful because it's, it's the second floor. So that, yeah, it's, right. out of there, it's, a, it's a bit of a drop. Yeah, right. Exactly. So you've been out there. You got there last uh, yesterday, right? Uh, yeah. And you were two days ago. okay. Two days ago. So you've been kind of following the, the Dean Phillips campaign. What, what are your observations? Well, uh, today, what you're seeing is a huge turnout in the Republican primary. In fact, the secretary of state out here is predicting there will be about nearly four times as many people voting in the Republican primary, uh, compared to the, the, uh, democratic primary It'll. He's expecting about eighty-eight thousand Democratic voters, and I think the figure is around three hundred and fifty thousand on the Republican side, primarily because President Biden is not on the ballot officially on the Democratic side. So there's a little less uh, star power on that side, uh, other than our own Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips. On the other side, you've got Trump and Haley in a in a heated contest. So. That's why you're seeing uh, expected to see so much uh, of a bigger turnout on the Republican side. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you pointed the thing out about uh, the Democratic side of it. So uh, we can get into Dean Phillips a little bit later. I'm looking at, up at the TV monitors and I'm seeing all kinds of people in line. Can you are you getting any sense from the people who are there voting, Tom? Do they are there? Do they feel energized for one side or the other? Yeah, they're a, a good mix of. Even when Dean Phillips went to polling places today, many of the voters he encountered were Republicans there to vote for Trump or Haley, just because there's so many more of them, you know, in this uh, particular uh, primary day because of the dynamics of of the two races. So uh, but there's ardent pro Donald Trump and there were a lot of anti-Trump people. Uh, One guy we talked to said it's all about character for him. And he used to be an independent. He registered to vote in the Republican primary today because he said it's all about character to him. And he wanted to cast a no vote against Donald Trump. So in other words, he's voting for Nikki Haley. So you're going to see that on both sides. The latest polling still shows Donald Trump with a pretty good lead. Uh, I think uh, the latest poll was he's around 52 percent, Nikki Haley at 39 percent much closer than Iowa was a week ago. But still, this is Donald Trump's race to lose at this point. Do you feel like this is uh, Nikki Haley's last stand type situation? You know, it is hard to see a path forward if she loses by double digits in New Hampshire after losing 
you know, by a huge margin in, in Iowa and, in fact, finishing third in polls in her home state of South Carolina, which is the next contest next month. She's trailing there as well. I, I, I just don't – she may go on to South Carolina just to, to give it a fight in her home state. Uh, but then clearly if she does not win South Carolina, I think the race is all but over. It may be all but over after today, yeah. but we've got to wait for the results. Well, I guess you kind of wonder from a saving face standpoint, if, if they look at the tea leaves and they're like, there's no way, there's no way she's going to do well. And, and maybe just to save face, she drops out before she goes home to lose. I mean, I don't know. I'm just spitballing yeah, there, lose, but to, because if you lose big in your home state, that might hurt your future political prospects. She's young enough that this is not the last time she's going to be running in all likelihood for uh, elective office. So yeah, you may want to preserve some political capital. So let's talk about the other side. You mentioned it a little bit. Dean Phillips is there. This is uh, this is his big chance to sort of make himself known on a national stage. Uh, President Biden not on the ballot there. And in, in fact, so the DNC is not even acknowledging the results of, of any of that any of the vote that happens, right? Is that, that's going to go down, Tom? Yeah, there's no delegates will be awarded based on the results. Uh, Although there is this really interesting dynamic on the democratic side of there being a write-in campaign. There's a website and there's been yard signs, uh, people reminding people you can write in Donald or um, uh, Joe Biden's name. And the, the Biden campaign has had to kind of keep arm's length, on that, because if the results do not turn out greatly in their favor, let's say Dean Phillips gets 20 or 30 or 40 percent of the vote, and it looked like Biden had campaigned at all here, uh, it would make it look worse for the Biden campaign. If Phillips does that well, the Biden folks can say, well, we didn't do anything. We didn't lift a finger in New Hampshire. And look, we still got 50 or 60 percent of the vote. So uh, it's really kind of an interesting dynamic. I should also mention that because of that write-in, the the Democratic results will come in slower and later today because with all of these write-ins, they have to look down, make sure the names are legible, make sure that, you know, everything is is accurate. It just takes longer to count those votes. You you can't do it by machine. Do you um, you see a difference in – Phillips now that he's sounds like he's got some crowds there sounds like he's uh, energized by the people who are showing up there's a shot a couple of weeks ago I'm sure you saw to him on social media and he was at a, a campaign event they had set up and there was absolutely no one there I mean he's got to be happy that at least people are showing up to hear what he has to say yeah his crowds have been have been pretty good the last few days you know it, like any of these primary contests it takes a while for people to get really engaged and so at this Rotary Club event we covered yesterday, there was only like 75 people there. I mean, it was a full room. It was a Rotary Club event. It wasn't like a big mass public rally. But he was very well received. We tried to find somebody who would be critical of Dean Phillips, and we could not. They all liked what he had to say. He talked about uh, the issues. He talked about being bipartisan and working across the aisle. And he talked about how Joe Biden chose not to be in New Hampshire. The Democratic National Committee chose to bypass New Hampshire as the first in the nation primary. And so we really kind of played 
to the New Hampshire voters, and he was very positively received. And it's it's been that way. People, you know, 10, 12 weeks ago, he was a complete unknown. And the idea that the latest tracking polls have him anywhere from 16 to 32 percent in New Hampshire is pretty impressive for that amount of time. When do we start seeing results come down? You already explained that the Democratic results will be delayed because of the write-in component. But when do you start when do you expect to start seeing some Republican results? Well, the polls close here at 7 o'clock Eastern time, so it'll be 6 o'clock back in Minnesota. But that's in most of the state. They have some quirky election laws out here in New Hampshire. So there are some areas that are open till 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. And we should start seeing results uh, pretty quickly. At one point, there was talk about uh, waiting until they have results on both the Democratic and Republican sides. But because of the write-in uh, novelty of this year's primary. They have authorized local election officials to start releasing results uh, just on the Republican side earlier while they wait for the Democratic side to be tabulated with the write-ins. So a uh, long answer to your question is we should have answers back Minnesota time. We should start having some results, I would think, by 6.30, 7, 8 o'clock, we should start getting a pretty good idea, especially on the Republican side. Uh, Tom, I, I, I know you got to get going. You're filing reports for Channel 5 throughout the day and whatnot, so uh, appreciate appreciate your time so far here. Uh, have you seen any poll, obs- poll observers? I, I know, you know there's been all kinds of discussion that's been brought up about the voting process with the last general election. Are you seeing people around who seem to be observing people coming in to vote? You know, no, you mean in trying to make sure everything is yeah. fair and accurate yeah. and all yeah. that. Not really. You know, the primaries and caucuses are, are party run uh, events. Right. So, uh, you know, you're either voting in the Republican side or the Democratic side and you have to, even if you're an independent and you want, there isn't an independent primary. So you have to declare either Democratic or Republican and then go vote. And so the, the rules are a little looser. Like people in line today were holding Trump and Haley signs in in oh, uh, in a general election. You're not allowed to do that. You can't do any campaigning at a campaign site. You can do that in a primary. So uh, everything, the, the lines have been have been long. There's been a lot of enthusiasm, but I, I haven't seen anybody, you know, checking to see if everything is fair because each of the parties is kind of in charge of their own primaries. Yeah, that makes sense. That that makes sense. Thanks for explaining that. Well, Tom, thanks so much for giving us a little bit of your time today. I know it's going to be busy, but uh, it's going to be a long night, but it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, and we'll have live reports right on through our 10 o'clock news, which will be 11 o'clock out here. We should have a real good idea of the results by that time. Okay. Tom Hauser reporting this, uh, this afternoon. I want to say this morning, uh, time right now is one I'm a little confused. I've been up since two o'clock in the morning. Uh, thanks so much, Tom. We're going to be back here in a little bit. News talk, eight, three, Oh, WCCO. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
News Talk, 830 WCCO. Hello there. My name is Chris Eggert. Filling in for Chad Hartman today. Glad to be sitting in the chair. And uh, just got some news that we saw. Heard it off the top of the hour, but this is a super bummer. Charles Osgood, anchor of CBS News for so many years, he passed away. You now know he died at the age of 91 years old. Family says the uh, cause of death was dementia. So many people have such great memories of Charles Osgood. I always think of the, the bow tie obviously, which was kind of his signature. It wasn't always his look, but I think of the bow tie on sun, on the Sunday morning show. Yep, the bow tie and just the voice. Yeah. They played it at the top of the hour, and hearing that voice, it's it brings me back to my parents' house growing up. You know, one of the typical Minnesotans, CCO was always yeah. on because yeah. it always was, and it always is still to this day. And, and just hearing that voice, you know, it's, this is Charles Oscar. Oh, yes, I, I know. Very definitive. I know who yeah. this is. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, and uh, the... From the radio to the the Sunday morning show, I mean, I, I know, what does it say? He began anchoring in 1994. He started doing the CBS Sunday morning show. Okay. A Sunday morning show for people in the television business like I am, that that was always, for me, like the gold standard of, of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the, you know, the, the stories that you'd see on the evening news maybe weren't able to be constructed with quite the same quite the same way that the stories on the Sunday morning show are they able to breathe a little bit more. Sometimes it could be topics. It could be a little more lighthearted, but that, that Sunday morning show and for him to be, and I, and I know I'm sure he didn't just anchor that show. I mean, I'm sure he played a big part in putting it together and the, the content that they had on there. And it's such a, it's such a bummer when these guys, you know, who are such a part of people's growing up and you lose their voices and you, and you know, you know, they're, they're gone forever. And I, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm like you, I'm kind of like the, the good old days, you know? <laughs> well, news certainly isn't what it was. No, and, yeah, and, and, be, and, and, it, and it, it, it's not what it was. And I'm, I'm sure people have all kinds of uh, comments about why that is, but the, the reality is there were only a few sources that were doing news. Yeah, exactly right. And you, everyone went through those sources. Right. Those were the options. And, you know, I've, you know this better than I. Ratings, you know, for just you know the evening news, you know, for the network evening news, it's no comparison to what it is now versus what it what it yeah. used to be. I mean, that yeah. was that's where people went every single night. Now it's you know you can go to eight thousand different places online on the TV, on the radio, on your phone, whatever it is. But you know, you he, and he's he's one of those voices I think of as a kid. I think of him. I think of you know Tom Brokaw. I think of Dan yeah. Rather. They yeah. were the guys. You know. I say guys because at that point it mostly was all guys still doing those jobs. And it was just, you know, there was a, a gravitas there that you know, it's lost to a certain degree, I guess. Yeah. You know, when you think of just a newsman or newswoman, it's, oh, Dan Rather's on. Oh, you know, Tom Brokaw's on. It's, and for God's sakes, if they interrupted, interrupted something for a special report. It's, it's a big deal. Drop everything and yeah. pay attention. Yeah. It's a big deal. They're not coming on unless it's a big deal. I I forgot. I was just, I was just reading. Uh, I mean, I remember him playing the piano on the Sunday morning show. But he is apparently quite musical. He could play the piano, the organ, the banjo, the violin. He was in a composer, a lyricist. He could also sing. Had no idea. That's pretty good. He performed with professional orchestras such as the New York Pops, the Boston Pops, the Morbin Tabernacle Choir. Wow. I mean, I, I can't speak for all 
<laughs> news people, but mostly, generally speaking, not all that well-rounded. <laughs> so God bless him for that. Yeah, so let's see. Jane Pauley, when did she take over? 2016. Jane Pauley says, watching him at work was a master class in communicating. I'll still th- I still think to myself, how would Charlie say it? Trying to capture the elusive warmth and intelligence of his voice and delivery, I expect I'll go on trying. That that that's it's a really great way to describe that warmth and intelligence. Mm-hmm. He wasn't one of those guys that had the sort of Walter Cronkite, Tom Brokaw, Dan Rathery sort of presentation, which was pretty. I don't want to say hard, but you know there there wasn't a lot of variance in his voice, and it, it's always pretty serious. If it was coming out of you know Charlie could change his voice a little bit and Mm -hmm. he could tell, he could make it a little whimsical. He could sort of paint a little bit different picture than maybe that some of the the evening anchors could do. Probably. And and he had probably a little bit more leeway to do that. And the Sunday morning morning show, show, it's it's lighter. It's, you know, more probably human interest stuff versus, you know, you get that half hour, you know, evening news. It's pretty much typically 28 minutes of hard, hard news and then a little kicker at the end and we'll see you tomorrow. Right. Yeah, it's such, I mean, which is why everybody in my business was like, looks to the, and still does to some extent that Sunday morning show is just being like, gosh, that'd be a cool job. Mm-hmm. Like what a, what a great opportunity to tell stories there. And, ah, that's a super bummer. I hate to, hate to see that. There's so many, so many of these legends no longer with us anymore, but. Well, we appreciate you listening today. News Talk 830 WCCO. Chris Eggert in for Chad Hartman today. And we've got some good stuff still ahead for you a little bit. We're going to be talking to a Minnesota photographer who is taking some really remarkable pictures of the North Shore in particular. He likes to take pictures all around the state. North Shore, though, just really cool images. You may have seen a picture that he took recently uh, from uh, the Duluth area, which is a ship coming off of Lake Superior and the, the sea smoke sort of up and all around it. So it's pretty cool. We're going to connect with him. That'll be fun. So we'll look forward to that. And uh, I suppose we'll have to – well, I guess the Hauser's gone now. We're not going to come, <laughs> come no, back to him and find no, out. No, it's <laughs> enough, Hauser. All right. We got, we got plenty of time. He'll get plenty of time tonight on the five. That's that's enough for me. That's That's good for me. <laughs> Fair point. All right, News Talk 830 WCCO. Appreciate you listening to News Talk 830 WCCO this afternoon. Chad Hartman is gone today. My name is Chris Eggert. I'm with Five Eyewitness News. For those of you who have uh, texted and uh, wondering who the heck that guy is on the radio right now, <laughs> uh, my normal job is doing the news over at uh, Channel 5, and I've been up since 3, so if I'm starting to sound like I'm a little uh, out of it, Time for another cup of coffee. Yes. <laughs> this is nap time normally. Hit that coffee machine. This is normally nap time. So, hey, glad to be with you today. This is a very cool opportunity to hang out. I wanted you guys to meet somebody who I just got connected with in the last couple of days, and this guy's work is so, so incredible and impressive. I, I just want to help to spread the word about him. His name is Nathan Clock. He's a photographer based in Minnesota, and uh, you probably have seen his pictures floating around on social media the last couple of days, in particular a shot that he took on Lake Superior. And it is a uh, ship, and it's got sea smoke all around it, and it, I, there's no more quintessential Duluth, North Shore kind of picture than uh, the one I'm talking about right now. So, Nathan, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. 
So tell us a little bit about how you are able to capture some of the the photos that you take because this is this is not this is not luck, right? You you've got to really plot this stuff out. Yeah, a lot of times um, it can be luck, but a lot of times it is uh, planning it out. Sometimes when I do see where it's going to be feeling like 30 below, such as the shot that you're referencing with the ship. Um, I travel to those harsh environments. So I always love to go up to Minnesota's North Shore on Lake Superior, especially to um, capture the sea smoke, capture the icy formations, and just see the wild things that that big lake can um, help you produce with photos. I know I'm asking everyone at home to sort of use their imagination for a second because we're, we're radio and we're not television, so we're not exactly showing you. But your Instagram mm-hmm. page is at n clock k-l-o-k photo that's on instagram how popular is your instagram page i imagine you're getting like thousands and thousands of views yeah it's been uh, pretty popular lately um those photos of the sea smoke have been helping one thing that gave me a couple thousand followers within the past month um was when i went up to shoot photos and videos at tetaguchi state park um in silver bay with big waves that were coming in um when you get these big 20-foot waves coming in and they crash off the shore they spill like sometimes 20, 30 feet over my head and you're on top of a already massive cliff. So yeah, you, it's cold and it's wet, but it is some of the most hardcore gnarly conditions you can put yourself in as a photographer for sure. Well, you're taking a fair amount of gear up there, just logistically getting in a position mm-hmm. to take that. I mean, you're forgive me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're like, you're like risking your life in some of these cases. Uh, yeah, um, that's, that's an easy way of putting it. But no, you definitely want to be safe. Um, yeah, always make sure that you have somebody there with you. Always make sure that you tell somebody where you're going. Um, check in constantly. But be safe about it. Um, be smart about it. Um, the areas that I do go to, I frequent a lot. So I do know the conditions and all times of day and all seasons. So that does help. But yeah, um, the risk factor is there. But Again, just be smart about it and have fun. So the drone photography has a lot of your drone pictures here are, are really amazing. There's a cool shot of the lift bridge and you've got the, the background and the sky is all lit up at sunrise. You had to get yourself in the right position at the right time to get that picture. And you also have to be a drone pilot, which is which is not an easy thing. Tell us about the mm-hmm. challenges of taking pictures using a drone. Yeah, so especially with those photos recently where um, it was even more challenging is when it is 30 below, you need to take a lot more things into consideration, such as the temperature of your drone's battery because you don't want to start it when it's uh, too cold. could potentially fall out of the sky at that point, but you also need to make sure that you yourself are properly dressed, have um, gloves and stuff on that you can operate a controller, um, a phone screen, and anything else too. But yeah, the big things as well is just make sure to watch out for um, potential other drone pilots in the air. We had a couple um, of other people who were flying at that time, and we were all uh, Part 107 pilots through the FAA, um, so be able to capture some great things through that. Uh, plus also just making sure that we are well aware of our surroundings, um, the Duluth Aero Lift Bridge, which was there, and the ship itself. But yeah, flying a drone is incredibly rewarding. Um, you can get some incredible views from the air um, that you can't see from the ground. And it just helps uh, tell a story um, in a better way. You're listening to Nathan Clock. He is a Minnesota-based photographer. Takes some absolutely stunning pictures of landscapes. Northern Minnesota in particular. I know you also take pictures of, of other parts of Minnesota and other parts of the world. 
Nathan, you had an opportunity at a pretty young age to sort of get exposure to the rest of the world. And has that mm-hmm. sort of opened your eyes to the, the beauty of photography? Yeah, that's what initially started it. Um, with my dad working for the airlines, uh, before I graduated college, I had flight benefits. Um, so through that, I was able to travel to two-thirds United States and 15 countries. So being able to see the world was incredible. But yeah, once I did lose those, um, I turned my eyes north and I've been visiting uh, the North Shore of Minnesota since because it offers just as many beautiful sites, um, if not more. But yeah, Minnesota um, is definitely up there in one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Nathan Clock, his Instagram handle is N-K-L-O-K photo, so you can check out some of his work. Uh, some of the pictures that you've taken of, of Split Rock are, are so impressive, and I know that you've got sort of a special relationship with some of the folks who run Split Rock that helps you to be able to, to get there and to be able to capture these, like, really amazing vantage points. But explain the mm-hmm. kind of precision that has to go in. Let's say you're trying to take a picture of Split Rock and you know there's going to be a full moon. And you want to mm-hmm. plan that out perfectly so the moon is placed exactly where you want it to be. How much work does it take to even get yourself in a position for that photo? Uh, a lot of work. A lot of it, it can be done through uh, pre-planning apps. Um, for example, one that I'll use on my phone is called Plan It Pro. Uh, that gives me a 3D um, model of the lighthouse, and it will also give me the night sky and the moon behind it. So... Um, there is going to be a great opportunity coming up um, this weekend, generally like Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, um, if the skies are clear, where the moon will be able to be right behind the lighthouse, and you'll be able to see that just west of Ellington Island at Split Rock Lighthouse State Park. Um, the only downside, even with all this planning, you have to make sure that the water crop uh, cooperates with you. Um, but, yeah, the whole entire thing about that is even if I change, you do get skunked on – um, not adding your shot turnout, just know, hey, there's going to be another opportunity or how can you change it up? And if it doesn't work out, go back next year. I know you also like to take pictures of the Northern Lights and the Aurora mm-hmm. is going to be pretty active over the next several days. Unfortunately for a lot of us in the state of Minnesota, you're probably not going to see it because of the cloud cover. Uh, t- talk about being able to take pictures of the Aurora because I think there are some people who never – have even seen the Aurora and you're taking some mm-hmm. just remarkable pictures. They don't even look like they're real the way the sky is lit up with greens and, and the colors and the purples. Yeah. The Aurora is absolutely one of the most cool and most ethereal things that you can see in your life. And it can be life changing. Um, best way to be plugged into on knowing when it's going to happen is to be a part of groups on Facebook, um, but the space weather community also, you can get apps such as space weather live that will let you know when, um, like a solar storm might be coming from the sun and when to expect increased solar winds. Um, a good resource as well to check on, uh, for Minnesota residents in particular, and especially if you're in Northern Minnesota, there is a all sky cam, which, um, can view, a full 180-degree view of the sky. Um, that's up on the Gunflint Trail, and I believe that's run by the U of M up in Duluth. Um, I forget the exact name of it, but definitely check out um, the all-sky cams and um, check out space weather data off of apps. Well, Nathan, I sure encourage folks who are listening right now to be able to check you out again on social media. It is at N-K-L-O-K photo. That's on Instagram. And how can they find your website? And you also have... Uh, you also sell some of your prints. Can people do that on your website? 
Yeah, so my website is um, nclockphoto.com, spelling that out, N-K-L-O-K photo.com. Um, and as well, for all the listeners out there, you can get a 25% discount on my prints uh, through the end of the month. To utilize that, use code WCCO at checkout. Oh, nice, Nathan. Well, thanks so much for doing that. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thanks for talking to us. Good luck and uh, happy hunting, as they say, as you're, you're getting out and taking, again, these amazing pictures. So good stuff. Good to talk to you. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me on. Take care. All right, still ahead here on WCCO 830. We are going to talk about something that I thought everybody in the world was aware of, Stanley Cups. Not, not, the, not the one that the Wild will probably not be getting this year. Not that kind of a Stanley Cup. A insulated water cup. The Stanley. The one that many people view now as much more important than the Stanley Cup. Uh, there are some. <laughs> There are some there are many. who've gone to great lengths mm-hmm. to be able to get as many of those Stanley Cups as they can. So we'll have that for you in a little bit. Time is one you You're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Hello, welcome back. This is News Talk 830 WCCO. Time is one forty-eight. It is the Lindis Construction Time Check. Time to get a complimentary heat map analysis of and insulation estimate. Make sure that you've got that house all sealed up. Keep that winter out. Don't need to know. It's lovely. Oh, it's crazy. But last week when it got that cold, when it gets cold like that, you, uh, your house, you can tell. Oh, you can <laughs> absolutely tell. <laughs> yes. Cold like, air is just gushing in your doors yes, and windows. My storm and, door is just frozen yeah. over. I'm thinking, hmm, I think the seal might not be great. Yeah. Just a hunch. But I mean, now what did we get to yesterday? About 25 or so? Which felt like a oh, heat wave. After the week we had last week, I, it was... Shorts and t-shirt weather. I, I, I was in shorts and a, a hoodie sweatshirt yeah. all, all day yesterday. By the way, my name is Chris Eggert. I'm with Channel Five. In for Chad Hartman today, keeping the seat warm here, the microphone moving. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your texts. Uh, those of you who are texting in, hey, love to hear from you. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Heard a, heard from a couple people. Glad, thanks. So thanks for thanks for your encouragement. Nice to have you in here this morning or this afternoon. Still very confused about the time because I'm a morning person on Channel 5 and it's almost 2 o'clock in the afternoon and it's it's starting it's to get bedtime. It's getting confusing to me, Dave, so I apologize. <laughs> I thought of this nice cup of coffee that you made me. I, I thought that would be enough, but I, you know. To be fair, I really only gave you the cup. By the way, where, you did, the by way, where did the cup come from? I've, it, that is a personal Cup of my own. Thank you. Oh, thank much. you. That was very nice. That's very nice of you. <laughs> thank you. You, you. Listen, you guys are living over here. You got a coffee machine, a free coffee machine. Yeah, and usually it works. <laughs> it worked today. <laughs> maybe I should go. You got and, lucky. Maybe I should go and have another one. Come back next Tuesday. You uh, might not be so lucky. Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, so we were talking as we went to the commercial break about Stanley Cups and uh, not the, the, some of you, when we say Stanley Cup, you may think of Stanley Cup and hockey. We're not talking about that. But we are talking about is the the new rage, the thing that the the, the kids and the teens and the some of the, the moms, the dads, who knows? In the case, it's a Stanley Cup. It is a the best way to describe it is like a a drinking mug, large, large. Got the handle on. Got it. a handle on it. It's got a a straw that comes out of the top, but it's sort of it's this big sort of tall. 
kind of situation. Yeah, fits in your cup holder in the car. Fits in your cup holder. That's kind of the the nice thing about it. It's tall, but it fits in there, and it's insulated. And you, you so you can keep your beverage cold. They're 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 not they're not cheap. They're like fifty to forty five to fifty bucks if you can find them. Which yeah, you can't you really, ransack a Target. Which you can't which you can't find them anymore when they go on sale at Target. Everyone loses their mind and they 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 buy them up. And Dave found a story today about a. A uh, gal in Alabama who's 16 years old who claims her parents have spent roughly $3,000 to help her to collect every available Stanley Cup on the market. She now has 67 in various styles and colors <laughs> over the last year. Can you Listen, I've got kids. I've got an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. And uh, listen, when they ask for things, I'm pretty – I have a hard time saying no. I'm saying no to <laughs> I'm saying no to 67 Stanley Cups. Where do you put 67 that, Stanley Cups? First of all, cups? that yeah, just from a space standpoint. Yeah, they're not very stackable, I would imagine. I would think not. Um uh, yeah, $3,000. I don't love my kids <laughs> that much. I, I'm trying to think how much do I love them for $3,000 on anything, you know? You know, medical procedures, things like that aside, right, right. Um, for just a thing to have, nothing. I mean, the cars. Zero things. The cars that my kids are driving right now are right about in that $3,000 range. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this 98 Toyota. Would you trade that for all of your Stanley Cups? Isn't it crazy? Oh, my goodness. So I guess I, I, will, I will turn that around because I'm seeing on eBay that you could potentially sell them from two to 400 a piece, which seems crazy to me wow. too. Like, who's buying that? Oh my goodness! I'm buying this fifty dollar cup for four hundred dollars because it, it it's a certain color or it came from Starbucks or whatever yeah. it might be. Well, I mean, and you know, the the person in question here probably thinks that it was you know dumb when I was a kid collecting baseball cards, right? just just hoping I'd get a Barry Bonds rookie card or something right? like that. And you know, I had boxes and boxes and boxes large boxes of cards that gosh, i think my brother has them right now probably sitting in his, in his house in iowa but you know how many packs did we open just hoping and you know Get that one i don't think i ever got a car that was worth more than two bucks <laughs> you know isn't that funny how much money did my dad spend every time we were in the car when he had to stop and get gas right ah we know he's coming back with either a candy bar or a couple packs of cards right and you know <laughs> I mean, it was, I guess, simple pleasure for us, but you know, that was what two bucks for a pack of cards yeah, versus certainly fifty wasn't, for a it was, Stanley. It wasn't forty or fifty. We we had a story on the morning news this morning about uh, somebody who stole like three or four thousand dollars worth of them too, which that doesn't surprise me. Sure, well, I mean, if I you think can about sell them for that on eBay. Yeah, yeah right. Was, and I think about people. So I, I guess for those of you who are listening who might have one of these Stanley Cups, hold on to the thing. I mean, who knows? Somebody could be coming for it. Mm-hmm. We uh, we had a whole big discussion in the old Channel 5 newsroom about this this morning because we had that story about the, the cups being stolen. And half the people in the newsroom had no idea what they were. What? They're like, Stanley Cup? What? First it was it was the, the hockey sure. uh, trophy. Uh, and then I'm like, no, it's, it's Stanley. It's the Thermos brand. Remember your... Stanley Thermos, the old school, the green Thermos where you screwed off the top. And and you immediately lost half the people in the yeah, newsroom right. right there. What are you talking about? Yeah, right, right, right. They're like, oh, 
I think my grandfather had one of those. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. They used to drink soup out of it back <laughs> no, in the day. Right. Think, think, which is so funny too to think like somebody would use these new fancy pastelli color, colored Stanley cups to like fill it up with chicken noodle <laughs> soup. <laughs> Use the straw. It's blocked again. <laughs> Stupid thing's not working, but it's the same company. Stanley's been making thermos since uh, I think I 1918. They've been around. Yeah, they've been around for a long time. Uh, God bless them for coming up with something that people are into, right? Well, it's a. I mean, it's. It took a while, but not to say the thermos wasn't. Uh, Popular. Hey, listen, it wasn't a successful I got, I got, product. I got one of those bad boys. They're but, awesome. Yeah, but to have you know the run out of them, to have somebody in a marketing meeting say, "Hey, we've got these great products. You know, it'll keep your cold beverages cold. It'll keep your hot beverages hot, and it'll do it for a really long time." How do we really push these to get to you know a, a new new client, you know, new customer base? Uh, you know, pastels. Oh, that's it. Pastels. Pastels. Put a handle and a straw on it. Boom! The whole world goes crazy. One of the biggest things I think that happened for them recently is there was a, a car fire and there was a Stanley Cup that was sitting in the cup holder in the car, and the car got fu- car caught fire and like completely burned, and the cup was sitting right there in the cu- in the cup holder unfazed. And somebody took a picture of that and put it on social media, and that like really sort of lit, lit things up for them too. Now, if you were the one that was you know taking care of putting out the fire, and you see the cup, you're taking a sip out to see if the drink's still cold, right? <laughs> right. Ah, the ice is still clinking in there. This is tremendous. Like, wait, what is this? There's not a drink in here. There's chicken soup in here. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of an animal is this? <laughs> on a hot day, my God. Uh, News Talk 830 WCCO. Appreciate you listening today. We'll be right back.